I'm Kevin Bachman. On this episode of Background Check Radio, I sat down with Jason Morris and Nick Fishman to talk about social media screening, how to do it, why to do it, and why it's getting harder to ignore as a product. Stick around. Guys, we have each of us about 20 years or more in this space. And about 10 to 12 years ago, when this this product came on the horizon, the rationale behind it, what we communicated to employers, were um, things to consider around pictures, images. This, this product was a way to better vet the character of your applicants. Were there evidence of drugs, behavior, drinking, violence? Are, are those still the criteria that we should think about today? Or has the landscape changed a little bit? Well, I think they're they're certainly uh, a part of the landscape uh, that 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 needs to be evaluated, but they're not the only thing. And I think um, that perhaps what has changed is people have gotten more vocal um, online, whether it's social media or not. Um, and so I think the pictures and the images, sure, perhaps they play a part. Um, but I also think that people are really concerned about things like intolerance and hate speech these days. Um, and 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 uh, I think that those are things that employers have demonstrated they care about um, and, and perhaps they haven't done it consistently. Uh, but that that is something that plays into somebody's ability uh, to uh, their employability, if you will. I think that um, if you would have asked us the question 10 years ago versus today, you get two completely completely different answers. Um, if if you put 10 veteran background screeners uh, together in a room and you present them with a new product, they're all going to tell you 10 different ways and reasons why you shouldn't do it, uh, which, which in my opinion over the last 20 years has really hampered innovation within the industry. So... The first thing you say, you think when you say social media screening to a background screener is, oh, there's so many discrimination things that could bring up um, about that individual and the litigation and this and that. Well, nobody really looks at it through the prism of what you can do with it effectively and legally in order to make something like that work. So in the past where you might have been looking for a picture of somebody, you know, holding an AK-47 or one of the examples that we used to use years ago was, was it Sally the Drunken Pirate, some woman yes. that got fired for having something that you couldn't see in the cup at a party while she was a teacher. And, and those just aren't the things today that you're looking for when you're doing social media screening. You're looking for things like Nick mentioned. Are you a racist? Are you a sexist? Did you, you know, blatantly say things out there that can go back to haunt you or the company later on? You know, that's that's a real good point, Jason, because we talk about, hey, the, the considerations are where in the past screeners may have steered um, uh, employers away from from buying the product was around using information for the wrong purposes, fear of lawsuits, litigation, et cetera. But today, and Nick, to your comment around hate speech, around intolerance, there's there's just sometimes an element of you 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 have an obligation. Um, or if it's out there and it's 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 readily apparent, you know, um, you know, ten years ago, uh, again, it was images, it was drug use. Well, a lot of you know, marijuana is legal in in many parts of the country now, and if it's not legal, it's 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 more culturally tolerated. It's different now than it was then. Um, another change I see over the last decade has just been um, the sheer advances in technology. Again, it's not so much images anymore. 
there's live streaming, there's videos, there's more platforms, it's quicker, faster dissemination of information that can reach a wider audience. Um, and, and those are a few things that I think have, have really uh, reshaped how we should think and view this product. Yeah, I, I saw an article over the weekend that said there were over 150,000 images captured within an hour of the Capitol siege uh, last or a couple weeks ago in, in Washington. And just think about that, 150,000 images with evidence on, like of some sort on there that now, you know, will in the future be used in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And, and Jason, I guess, you know, this is a good point to, to talk about, uh, you know, the fact that um, there is not really a fine line here on something like what happened at the Capitol right? People worry about protecting free speech and their right to their political views. And I agree with you, with, with them, with you, anybody that would say that, yes, you have a right to your political views, no matter what those views are. Uh, the, but when you act in a violent way or in a hateful or intolerable way, that's when it, that's when it clearly crosses the line. Um, and so whether you're a Republican, you're a Democrat or any other stripe in between, um, the when when speech becomes action, that's when you have problems. And, and and I think that that's a clear line that most of us, I think, believe in. Yeah. Some of the things are so subjective that you would see in pictures and some of them are not like clearly not. And, and I, I remember uh, having a conversation with a client 10 years ago and um, they had found a picture of a one of their employees uh, snorting cocaine on the roof of a car, like a really cool little muscle car or something. And they were concerned about it. We did some research and found out that he used to be a model and he was doing a drug free workplace ad. So pictures, you know, don't necessarily tell the, tell the story. But when somebody's wearing a Ku Klux Klan hood and walking through the Capitol, that's a whole different ballgame. It's a lot less subjective. Yeah, I agree. And actually, I'll go back to my original comments where I was saying when Kevin asked the the original question, is it still about pictures? I, again, I said yes, I, but I understand the contrast that you're now talking about, Kevin. Um, you know, stage pictures, stuff like that, uh, things that you can't really use to determine um, uh, what is going on. Like Jason was talking about Stacy, the drunken pilot or pirate. Um, yeah, I understand why that isn't. Uh, it shouldn't be really a part of the game anymore. But when you see somebody walking into the Capitol um, and uh, and trying to take over Congress or hitting somebody with a fire extinguisher, um, those are things that become very admissible in my mind. So you yeah, know, the, the 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 three of us, you know, industry experts, twenty years each in, we see this. We know that there's been a shift away from um, social media as a job assessment tool and one towards brand management, reputational, um, or protecting your reputation. Jason, do you think employers are thinking of it like this, or do they still have the old school way of thinking? No, I think it's. I think that's becoming the key to this. This whole thing of social media screening is brand management, um, and and you you see companies today managing their brands in, in in a multitude of different ways. Like if you complain about a company on Twitter within you know an hour, you're getting a response through email from that company because somebody's managing their brand. It's the same thing with their employees and, and the fear they have of their name, the name of the company being tied to that individual. So 
like for instance, when the capital siege happened, um, I don't know the history of this company at all. I don't know if they have investors or what, but there's a company uh, called uh, Cognicia or something like that out of Chicago. Cognicia, yeah, yep. Cognicia, and and they, I'm I'm just assuming here that they have um, they have investors and private equity firms that have given them money. Well, the CEO was at the capital siege, so now. What does this company do? I mean, it's the CEO of the company. They probably have private investment in there now. It's 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 a I don't want to use I don't want to swear on a podcast, but it's a cluster. Um, yeah. And for them, and, and it's something they can easily, if they would have known, if, if this company, let's pretend it was a bigger company, but if they would have known that their CEO was there two hours before the news did, um, it would have been really helpful uh, for that company to help manage that crisis. So I think what you're going to see, you know, for the next many many years. This company is really concerned about what initiatives and things like that that their employees might be tied to, not because they don't want to hire them and not because they're going to fire them so they can manage that before it before it hits the fan. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just I'll piggyback onto that. And I agree with everything that Jason's saying. But I think if you in the brand part is is really important. You don't want something like that getting out. But beyond that, I think we're already seeing a lot of evidence of companies saying we don't do social media background checks, but you know when somebody's coming in for a new job, it's being done informally, whether it's being done by the HR team or whether it's being done um, in, in some other form or fashion. And, and not only at the onset of employment, but certainly something comes up and an employee finds out about it, you know it's happening um, as, as well. Um, and, and, and that's, so, a, that's it's a great point, Nick, because as screeners, we know this product is one of the less frequently purchased products. Yeah. Everybody who screens is doing some sort of criminal background check. Far fewer are doing any sort of social media screening. But Nick, your point's a, a great one. They're doing it. They're just not doing it through you. So the idea around the right way, the processes, procedures, what do you want to see? What don't you want to see? Um, working with a partner, I think, is is kind of that that real good middle ground solution that protects everybody. I I think the reason you don't see it more widespread today, I think for three reasons, you're not seeing background screening companies sell it more. Yeah. One, they don't know how to. Background screeners are really bad at selling new products. They just don't know how to do it. Uh, number two, it's been super expensive for the last 10 years to, to order a social media screen on somebody. You were talking about by the time a background screener sells it to their client, it's 30 bucks, which which equals the, the cost of the background check. And, and number three, they don't really understand its application well. Um, so I think that there are, I know that there are, you know, ways around that today and there are products emerging uh, and coming out that are allowing background screeners to sell this for equal to what a database search would be and get you the information that you want and need quickly. Um, and, and also teaching companies how to sell products like this and making a market out of it. So I think you're going to quickly see companies adopting searches like this because the cost is going to go so far down. Yeah, I think I think a lot of times when screeners will recommend or at least try and dissuade a employer from not purchasing this product, we're usually a lot less concerned about the, the value of the product and we're more worried about how you're going to use it. Um, yeah, I think that and I think perhaps they're worried that this might erode their wallet share. If if in fact, uh, you know, it is $30, then does that $30 put your criminal background check 
somehow uh, that that revenue that you derive there, um, does that put that at risk? But if it's a five or ten dollar search, all of a sudden that's no longer that's no longer as big of a factor. Yeah, there's opportunity there. I, I really I really think that the criminal aspect of a search is, and I've, I've written about this and been vocal about it. Um, I, I really think that the criminal aspect of a search is going to be less and less socially acceptable as the years move on. I think people are always going to do it. They're always going to screen you for a criminal background, but they're, the, the use of the record and the hiring decisions become uh, less frequent. Um, and you're going to see things like reputation and stuff like that become more and more, more, and more important. Yeah. <clears throat> and the, you know, there's always a lag time between what we'll see as insiders and what employers or trade associations might talk about or think about. We know because we've done these studies over the years, we've done them together, we've done them separate, we've read other people's research on this. The three of us know that by and large, criminal record checks are not widely used to deny employment. Um, I was heartened to hear Jason, you said, hey, I still think they're gonna be done because too often people will confuse the two. Um, you know, this is an insurance product, we're not screening to deny everyone in employment, we're screening to find the one out of 100. Maybe we find 15 other people with records, who cares? That's what the data shows how employers act. Um, and I see and agree with some of your thoughts around this gaining more, more um, adoption, uh, especially the monitoring piece. Because lower prices, better technology will enable that, that monitoring function to kind of take over. Otherwise, it becomes just cost prohibitive for employers. And then I and then there's also another aspect of this whole thing, which is, you know, follow the litigation. Why do we think background yeah. checks have, have gotten such a, a, a rise? I mean, I know that there's been a lot of litigation against our industry, but think about it against employers for not conducting good background checks with social media. If there is an easy way or I say social media, but again, mm -hmm. online presence. Um, that if there is a good way for an employer to know that something like that took place, they're going to be held responsible for it. It's the negligent hiring doctrines. If you could have known, you should have known. And it doesn't say, I mean, the lawsuits don't say they didn't do a criminal background check or this or that. It's, it's simply negligence. And when you have, when, when you find out that you had an employee on Facebook saying that he's going to come do this bad thing or blow this place up and you could have known easily for $5, that that was going to happen, there will be litigation in that in the future because you could have known that. Yep, yep. It, it's becoming harder and harder, I think, again, especially the speed of information, how it can be trans transmitted, multiple platforms, so much content. Um, you just can't look away from it or sweep it under the rug where 10 years ago you might have. Yep. Well, I, got a, I got a question for both of you because I don't really know where I think this is going to go or, or how to necessarily... Uh, feel about this, but I, I think the concept of at-home workers is going to stick around for a while. I think that if, you know, before COVID, you had, I don't know, 10% of your workforce working from home, I think that number is going to be a lot higher in the next couple of years. Um, so with people working from home, are you as concerned about shrinkage? You know, uh, somebody stealing a box of toilet paper out of the storage room and putting it in their, in their trunk. Um, are you going to care as much about petty theft? Are you going to care about certain crimes? Or are you going to look at employees at kind of like net promoter scores where are they good? Would you recommend this person for a job? Is this person a good employee using all those tools around an individual or an applicant rather than something that would just disqualify them completely? What do you think, Nick? Mostly because yeah. I'm still thinking about my I think answer. Two, I think they're two different things. 
I, 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 um, I, I think that the petty kind of theft thing, uh, Jason, I mean, we, we were just addressing. Are you going to care as much about that? Uh, have you ever cared as much about that? Um, I still think that I don't want the conversation to, to, to be, should you do a criminal background check versus a social media background check? Yes, you should do the criminal background check. Your tolerances and thresholds for what is deemed employable and not employable um, should should do it. I don't know if I just got if I, if I just got booted. Um, okay, um, but I, those should change, and I think they're going to change, and I think we've already seen evidence of the fact that people are changing them. Uh, but I also think that yes, we should be focusing as well on the social media aspect. So to me, it's not one or the other. To me, it's it's both. Well, I don't, again, I don't think they're gonna stop doing one or the other. I just think as far as where their mindset is, is how they're making that employment decision is gonna change. So I don't think, I mean, again, companies are never gonna stop doing these things. Uh, never gonna stop, you know, the criminal background check because they need to know. But it's, it's their application of the results. Yeah, I, I think in the near term, you know, despite everything the three of us know about how employers use criminal background checks, to make a hiring decision or social media, you know, for, for, for that um, example. Uh, I think in the near term with employment hire, companies will deviate a little more toward, I have a clean record and I have somebody with two convictions, I'm hiring the person with the clean record. Um, I think that's unfortunate, especially if the convictions have nothing to do with the job, um, if they are older, et cetera, et cetera, but we see how employers act. And in the interim with employment at seven, eight percent, I, I think they're going to make those choices that they might not have made at 4%. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think to the question around, hey, a lot more people are working at home. Um, I agree that some things, Jason, won't matter as much. I also think that a lot of us who, you know, we'd classify ourselves more as, you know, white collar or able to work from home, although none of us are wearing a white collar right now. Um, you know, there's still a really, really big part of the world outside of our walls that needs to go to the grocery store to work. They need to go to the factory to work. That hasn't changed much for them in a way it's changed for us. Um, I do think, like Nick said, there will be a more combination of tools that are being used. And it's our job to, to help employers make the right decisions and, and the guidance we can give them. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. So final thoughts, guys, before we wrap up for the day? Well, I mean, I would I would just say, you know, in full disclosure, and, and, and this is not no secret, you know, Nick and I have invested in, in a social media screening company called Barrett and, and the reason we did is because we're very, um, we are, we're very bullish about what we think is going to happen in the future with this type of screening. And, you know, our focus is, is with this company is to be able to bring a, a product that you can actually sell to your end users that is incredibly effective and looking at things like we we're talking about today that would damage your brand. Uh, does it do all the other things and can it do all some of these other things? Yes, um, but the focus and, and the responsibleness of uh, the CRA selling a product this in the right way uh, to find the right things I think is going to be paramount in the future. Nick, how about you? I don't know how I can follow up after the shameless plug. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I just... Which wasn't guess, the point of doing this, by the way. I'll just go generally. Yeah, I'll just go generally and say that um, that more companies need to take a closer look at how they're doing this right now. Um, my, my my big takeaway is, you know, you're doing it. 
Um, and for the same reason, you outsource background checks to make sure you stay in compliance, to make sure that you're being fair to others. Um, I think the case to outsource something like this is ultimately going to be in their best interest, again, as long as the costs are brought in line. So um, that would be my takeaway. Yeah, the, the standardization, the leave it to the experts approach, Nick, I, I think is a valuable one for, for our viewers. Um, my, my final takeaway for everyone watching is, um, really, I've said it a couple times, the 10 years ago, somebody doing a keg stand, somebody stealing a stop sign, there's not really going to be reputational or brand management to your company um, when they had 50 Facebook followers and, and posted it on Twitter for 100 people to see. When we start thinking about hate speech and violence combined with the speed and accessibility with which information can be obtained and transferred, it's becoming harder and harder for employers to 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 look the other way, um, especially when when technology is increasing and cost is decreasing. So for everyone, thank you for joining us today. Again, I'm Kevin Bachman. Thanks to Jason Morris and Nick Fishman for joining us. Look for more videos and podcasts from the three of us in the coming weeks and months. Uh, for viewers, I'll also upload this to the Background Check Radio podcast, which is available on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you download your podcasts from. Thanks, everyone, and have a great day.